Time's Ours is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to ticket app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. There are a lot of reasons you should use Game Time. You've probably heard me talk about them here on this show before. But here's an example in the ad copy that I think you'll want to hear me say as a sentence. Uh, um, example. I like basketball, but I love Taylor Swift. Game Time is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to shows by artists like T-Swift. Yes, it says T-Swift. You can also check out with two taps. Here's an example from the copy. With Game Time, you can buy your tickets in just two taps. You know what I wish I could do in two taps? Clean my house. Maybe I need a Roomba. I do need a Roomba, actually. I would love a Roomba. But I, I can't get a Roomba. I can get Game Time, and so can you. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. It's kind of odd to think about, but this decade is almost over. And what better time than this Thanksgiving week for all of us to to get our friends and family together, maybe put a turkey on the table, and talk about how odd this roster has been for the last 10 years and change. Welcome in to a special edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe, and Seth Kaiser will also be cross-examining Nate Taylor on this episode because, Nate, you have done the heavy lifting for this special edition of Times Ours, but uh, Seth and I are going to really put you through it here. We are going to cross-examine you as you try to explain to us how you decided who was the sixth best receiver from the 2010 Chiefs. (laughs) Yep, you know it. Um, Yeah, it, it was a... Fun exercise that was also like just diving into profootballreference.com for like hours <laughs> and trying to look at, you know, debating uh slot receiver. Do I need a do I need a guy who can get open in like the red zone? Or is there anyone who had a decent season <laughs> <laughs> with the Chiefs uh for a level of consistency that makes this person um sort of equate to being on the team uh yeah so i mean i hope people uh go to the site read the article sort of understand this the sort of uh criteria we chose from and uh are not ready to debate in the comment section and as they're listening to us uh on this podcast i i just i can imagine you sitting at home just sort of staring at your your depth chart that you're building going what year did eddie kennison retire 2007 damn like that's that's yep. uh it, yep pretty much it actually he like, like he left the chiefs after 2007 so he there was one more year with the rams i don't know how i could have forgotten yeah i i looked at johnny borton and was yes. like why, 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 don't you, why don't you get in the time machine johnny it's yes. <laughs> like you had like three decent seasons like three productive seasons together uh that that's kind of hard in some certain positions on this uh on this team on this you know made up all decade team but yeah if you're if i'm you know carl peterson or or Brett Veach looking at the the draft board. I mean, there are some decisions on the third and second and third teams that are just like, okay, wow. Didn't until you do the exercise, you just don't know uh, where the team was prior to say three seasons ago, where there was clearly talent to compete in the playoffs versus 
Look, guys, I looked at the 2012 Chiefs season yeah. in its totality, statistically, oh. touchdowns, you know, <laughs> schedule and results mm-hmm. for like way too long. So, on behalf of all the fans that would like to forget that season, I don't now because it's like seared in my brain after uh, after taking a deep dive at a two and fourteen team. Seth, what are you prepared to be angry about here? I, I mean, people can people can read <laughs> I along have with a it, lot of questions on, on website, for. But. I, I have a lot of questions for Nate. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> that is my number one question. No, are you are you are you are you are you going to advocate for Tyler Palco? Just say it now. Yes, just just I, say it now. You know, I, I wish I wish it were like the all two decade team because then I could totally stand for Tyler Thigpen right yes. now, and I would. I just on a complete side note in the modern NFL with the read option and all that, I think he could totally be a pro quarterback. But whatever. Anyway, I these are tough decisions to make. I I do. It's tough because it's like, well, do you want to take people that were consistent over a few years, or is it who had like the highest peak, or is it people who like peaked elsewhere? Which, by the way, and then Nate, I'm sure you found this too. Mm-hmm. And the more you look at like various seasons, there's a depressingly decent number of players who it's like, well, when he left the Chiefs, he became really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh. Oh, Kurt Coleman? Wow, well, he was like an all-pro safety in Carolina. It's like, yeah, he was only, I mean, he's pretty good in Kansas City, too. But it just, it, it's a difficult process. And that 2012 year, um, that was my darkest hour doing this job, covering the team. Nate, cause you were Nate, you were doing the NBA at that point, I would assume. Correct. And Josh, you were seven. So Yeah, that's correct. Um, <laughs> I was so, I was trying I was coloring on a Tyler Palco coloring page. <laughs> I just seriously, guys, 2012, the most read article that I did in two, and I vividly remember this. And this is when I was kind of just getting my feet wet in in figuring out film review and all that stuff. I blush when I look at some of the things I wrote, where it's like, hey, you know, Matt Castle did have 27 touchdowns and 10 interceptions that one year, or however many interceptions it was. <laughs> yep. And I'm just like, oh my God, Seth, you moron. That is a box score. Now listen, like, <laughs> anyway. But the most read item I had, when I, it was when I wrote for SB Nation, was I wrote a parody of Eric Winston's "We Are Not Gladiators" speech, oh, and that I was out of that the, age. Oh, I well, I just Eric Winston didn't age well. Like, remember? I, I, I don't know if you guys remember. Chiefs Kingdom was so excited about signing Eric Winston. Like, oh, I we were fired. like we were like we got him like that was the title i remember this so vividly that was the title of the article i didn't write the article it was like more like a an aggregate kind of thing where it's it was like when when he signed with kansas city the title was ladies and gentlemen we got him like people thought (laughs) so yeah we were so excited and it was just like that team was so awful to watch. And if there's one thing, I don't know, Nate, I was curious. Did you walk out of this exercise? Because, you know, it's been kind of a weird up and down year. Yes. More appreciative of the current Chiefs. 
Well, I, I I actually became more appreciative of the 2017 Chiefs, I think, over the entire decade, just because that is like a clear demarcation point in, okay, mm-hmm. now the roster like took off in a way. And, and obviously, the draft sort of matters because they did select one Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, Indeed. the offensive line was pretty good that year. Uh, the defense mm-hmm. was as good as it's been in a while, uh, or at least they show flashes of consistency. Um, you know, there's, I look at the, it's so funny. Like when you book in the decade, it's like, everybody knows what happened last year. And last year was like a dream. Like the, the, mm-hmm. the farther I get away from it, I'm like, wow, just about everything went right until, you know, D Ford, but the 2017, oh, I think, God. <laughs> and, and he, he just needs to, I mean, he's a very prominent, uh, person that I'm sure we're going to talk about later this, uh, this podcast, but <laughs> I think 2012 is just like the bottom of the bottom where they, they went in week 17 to Denver. And I'm just telling you this right now, 2012 week 17, the Denver Broncos are already in. They don't have to do anything. The Chiefs should be playing for pride or like a job if you want to like stay in the league. They scored three points in that game. They had eight first downs and Peyton Manning eight, dest- eight first downs, eight total, oh. and Peyton Manning destroyed them. <laughs> just, just destroyed them. Um, and a game, and a game that again the Broncos really didn't need. Uh, but. Uh, the, you know, I think people will remember that there's only one highlight in the 2012 season. You remember, like, remember, like NFL films will be like, hey, here's the 1997 Chiefs, and here's like a 30 minute video of their season. Like, don't even make one in 2012. Uh, there's but, Jamal Charles running down the left sideline against in, the Saints in New Orleans. It. That is the only highlight, y'all. That's the that is yep. it. That's the only highlight. It's him <laughs> running down the sideline against the New Orleans Saints, where in a game that I believe the Chiefs never led. Until the final kick, uh, it, as yeah. time expired in overtime, or, or as that game ended oh. in overtime, they never left the entire game until the game was over. That's that's the 2012 Chiefs. Meanwhile, the so I say like that's the worst of the worst. Where like 2017 is so much optimism, just because we don't know it at the time. But that's the I think in in my opinion that's the best time that Alex Smith has ever played in his career from a beginning Absolutely. of the season to the end of the season. Despite what happened in the middle, that that weirdness. In like the Meadowlands, but like the the 2017 season sort of gives you an indication that like the franchise is on like clearly on the rise, not just like a mediocre somewhat. Hey, they somehow found their way to get ten wins and like you know sneak their way into the playoffs. It was more like okay, like if they do this correctly, which they did, you know, the, the next year later, the team can really be something in terms of the rest of the AFC as Peyton Manning sort of fizzles out as Tom Brady gets you know older. Um, so looking at every roster, looking at every starter for like all of these games, I mean, you just go through the game laws and you're just like, wow, some of these, some of these games, I'm just, woo, like, what were we watching back in 2015? Like, what were we watching? <laughs> like, Andy, we were watching Andy Reid cobble together. Yes. Like, wins. And, and that that's another thing I took from this is like, I have a newfound appreciation for Andy Reid. Because it's easy to like kind of be blinded, uh, especially when you kind of mix fan and analysis with like, oh yeah, this roster is pretty good. Some of these rosters were not that good, especially like the offensive group. It's like, eh, you had Jamal and Kelsey eventually, 
And Alex eventually got good. And I'm out. And like, that's, a, it just and that's, a, that's about it, y'all. <laughs> and Donnie Avery's like running good nine routes. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That, that's that's the offense. Go and go. <laughs> there are going to be some names on this list that people are going to go, no, there's no way. There's no way that that guy made the roster. And I'm really excited for that. Uh, but first, Nate, like I, because I, Seth sort of touched on this, we got to know the ground rules first. So with the way you were putting it together, were you going best roster with anyone who had played a snap in the 2010s? Like you take them at their peak in that time and then you're building that uh, you know 53 right now is it who accomplished the Moses achieved in the decade is there some other way of going about it is there any consideration for what they did after they left the Chiefs how does that work for you yeah so to to be quick um I only consider them in a Chiefs uniform like it, it you know because it's an all-decade team that involves just one franchise I just said hey if you if the Chiefs mistakenly let you go and you became great or, like, you know, you, you played well, like, I sort of just let that not be a factor. Um, I, I tended to try to take the best guys, both from, like, the eye test that I can, like, remember or, like... And, and again, one of the great things about this, too, is, like, because we have Game Pass now, you can, you know, not that I would recommend people to do this, but you can go and, like, watch games <laughs> from, you know, various no! seasons. <laughs> yeah don't i mean don't you could but you, you could but like it's it's a combination of the eye test and your production uh i'm someone who really believes <laughs> what you said i just i'm sorry i misunderstood what you said that thought you meant like your production like people losing their production going back and watching film from 2014 <laughs> sorry and i just found that really funny uh yeah because it will ruin your whole day I, as someone who as someone who charted every every snap of 2014, yes, it'll ruin your whole day. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get the bet. You want the best guys? Like, right. were you consistent? Were you were you on the field the majority of the season? Like, did you play ten games? Or you know, I don't, I don't know if that was like my swing vote kind of way. But like, hey, if you if I knew you were talented and you played more than half the season and your stats, i.e., production were effective than then you had consideration to be on the team. Now, the best part of that of this is that some some position groups are stacked and others are I mean, we're 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 really I mean, I really had to dig. Um and so and so when and so when you get to that point when you're like, man, I need one more defensive lineman who who just had a good year, y'all? Like who just had a good year? <laughs> and so that was like the last the last uh sort of uh criteria is just like who just who had one good year in one decade in Chiefs history at one particular position. Well let's prove how weird of a decade it's been. We just we just talked about it, told you it's gonna be weird for fifteen minutes, and you're going, All right guys, yeah, I get it. Go ahead. How weird was it? No, you're not ready. But the quarterback position I was uh I was content with. Your your starter is one Patrick Mahomes being backed up by Alex Smith. You're only carrying two quarterbacks, Nate. I'm going to pretend to care about that for two seconds, and I'm done now. Um, <laughs> but you went Mahomes over Alex Smith. I'll let you. I'll let you break that down in all the words you think you need. Yeah, um, Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest NFL seasons of all time in 2018. Just the more you look at it, the more stupid it just looks on paper. And you're and obviously there's so many memories, and you're just like, wow. In terms of any other NFL team in the all-decade category, 
from a quarterback standpoint, I think the Chiefs beat everybody, and that's including Peyton Manning. Because yeah. Peyton Manning can't do what Patrick Mahomes can do. Uh, and he did it in his first season as a full-time starter. It's stupid. Again, it's insane what he did last year, and it was a dream. And I was blessed to see it in person for all the games. Okay, guys, we really got to give a lot of respect to Alex Smith. I, I am an Alex Smith truther. I am someone who will conspiracy <laughs> theory himself into believing that, hey, right town around him, Alex Smith could have went to the Super Bowl multiple times, whether it was with Andy Reid or um, Harbaugh back in San Francisco. He was just really consistent in 2015 when they got the season really rolling, like Seth Mitchell earlier. He was particularly good late in 2016. Um, and then 2017, he was at an MVP caliber level for the first six games, I believe, if you look at it statistically. Um, so yeah, I mean, a serviceable above average pro bowl quarterback who got, I think, crapped on, uh, a tad bit too much, uh, given how, you know, there are guys in the league named Mitchell Trubisky who seem to deteriorate right in front of our eyes. Uh, and Jared Goff. Yeah, and and people forget that like Alex Smith was the number one overall pick, so it could have gotten worse. Like he he maybe didn't reach the highest heights that you had coming into that draft, but uh yeah he he's he's good. <laughs> there are other guys where I'm like hmm like how how does how does Jared Goff look on the Rams all decade team? Who knows? But but for the quarterback standpoint, that was like the easiest outside of like maybe the special teams. Uh, category like if you remove just the offense and defense, uh, quarterback was like the easiest position to figure out. I, Seth, I won't make you uh, chime in on all of the most obvious ones, but obviously because this is the quarterback position, do you like that one too? Yeah, you can't. I, the only argument I guess you could make would be longevity, but we've already seen this right. year Mahomes when he even hobbled, and I, I'm someone who respects Alex Smith as well, but. Uh, Mahomes on one leg basically this year has been better than Smith was. And that's because Mahomes is that great. It's not a shot at Smith. Um, and Alex Smith is a decent quarterback. Here's just something that's interesting. You know, it's here in this five seasons with the Chiefs. Smith threw for 102 touchdowns. Mahomes threw for half of that in one year. <laughs> So silly. Unbelievable. It's Come so on. Silly. Now, now, Alex, please, please don't tweet us. That, yeah. you know, that, hey, that, and you know, that, no, that, while we're at it, I got something for Troy Aikman. <laughs> while we're at it. I'll see. Alex would never. Let me just say as a compliment to Alex Smith, the man, Alex Smith would never say anything petty about that. He'd probably be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick's great. You know why? Because Alex Smith is confident in himself and who he is as a human. I'm just saying. Yeah, with a strong implied Troy at the end, clearly. <laughs> yeah, Troy. Yeah, there's really not much else to say. I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited to talk about Jamal Charles. Yeah, the, I will say this, um, because 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 Patrick Mahomes was a rookie in 2017 and was taking all these ridiculous uh, scout team reps. Alex Smith knew. Believe me, y'all. He he knew. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he knew it was over. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't. And again, it wasn't his fault that they lost to the Tennessee Titans in 2017 wildcard game. It wasn't his fault. He threw to an open man on third down in the. I think in the fourth quarter. I think his name was yeah. Charles, and he dropped it. Hey, sometimes yeah, Orson Charles. Orson Charles dropped the drop. Hey, hey. Didn't think you'd that hear that was, name for the all decade well, team, didn't you? Yeah. But he dropped the <laughs> football. Yeah, because Kelsey was hurt, and that that game was just an unmitigated disaster. So weird. Who was that against again? 
Oh, the Tennessee Titans, the team that plays the most bizarre games against the Chiefs in the decade. Freaking, freaking Titans, man. <laughs> I want to play a game very quickly. This is this is our last edition because this is not, again, Nate has two quarterbacks. But I'm going to count to three, and on three, I want us all three to say who we would have as our third quarterback. Let's do if this. we needed a third quarterback on this team, okay? Our third quarterback? Yes. Oh. Yeah, third quarterback from the decade. I think there's a chance we might all three give different answers that I'm hoping. I'm I hoping hope, I hope so. so. We'll, we'll go... We'll go on, on three, one, two, three, and then we'll say the name. All right, here we go. One, two, three, Kyle Matt, Orton. Matt Orton. Castle. <laughs> Matt Castle and Kyle Orton, guys. Actually, Kyle Orton was a good answer. I, I could he was two and one, that. baby. He was, he was two and one as a chief. <laughs> hey, Kyle Orton. Let, let, the oh, record, let the record show that in 2010, Matt Castle in 15 games had a 58% completion percentage, uh, 27 touchdowns, yep. 7 interceptions. Yep. Uh, I guess Todd Haley schemed the living hell out of that season, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Bull. Uh, and look, we're, we're going to talk about the receivers. I know we can't spend like too much t- this much time on every position, but we're going to talk about receivers. 2010, if you want a reminder that Dwayne Bow at his peak was, and his peak was, was short, but he was good, like really 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 good at his peak like in the conversation in between that top five and top 10 receivers and I'm dead serious he was a beast in 2010 and Matt Castle should send him a fruit basket every (laughs) single year so uh let's go to the running backs now Nate your your depth chart with the the starter obviously being first Jamal Charles Kareem Hunt Spencer Ware and Damian Williams uh, this this is a a strong list. The the one two makes sense. Um, it's not a deep list, but Jamal Charles clearly the the maybe the easiest pick you made all all roster. Yep, and I will now seat the floor for one Seth Kaiser. I'm good with that. Jamal Charles is one of the three best football players I've ever seen, and I don't. People can talk to me about longevity. They can talk to me about whatever. I am dead serious. I, and it's, it's such a cop out to say things like this. It's kind of like the until you have a child, you don't understand. <laughs> like it's it's that whole deal. But in, unless you saw Jamal Charles play live, you have, you don't know. You do not know. And I hope one of you guys can back me up on that. Like he looked like he was playing a different sport out there. Yeah. Like he he was out there on ice skates in the best possible way while everyone else was stuck running like a sucker. Uh, he he did things in, in in some ways that was almost like Mahomes like in that it just looked magical out there. His contact bounce, his vision, his, his surprising power. He was so much more than just a speed runner. And to me, his injury getting his his, his injury, his career getting cut short by injury, and then he had such a weird career. You know, yeah. like yeah. it was it's just it was it was tragic in a lot of ways because he was just he's a good dude too. And like it to me, if I could alter any one athlete's career, and there's a few that you would think of to where they were just healthy for just 10 straight seasons, I think Jamal Charles would be remembered as one of the greatest running backs to ever play because I think he really was. Okay, I'm done waxing eloquent. I, I legit, legit cried when the Chiefs released him. Like that was like. And the reason, again, I know this it's embarrassing, but whatever, because I, my none of my kids got to see him play live, and I was so sad for them. I hadn't thought about this until just now, but the way you were describing how he played, and I, I feel like 
he should be a name that gets brought up as people try to figure out who Lamar Jackson reminds them of mm. because mm. there's an element of that mm. where it's like, oh, yeah, this dude's playing at a different speed and I don't see his feet moving, but he's moving forward more quickly and more gracefully than anybody else out there is. Yeah, that's a good that's a really he good comparison. Leans, he leans and wiggles away from contact. That's a really good comparison. Yeah. The only runner I see in the NFL since that even remotely resembles it is Dalvin Cook. But but Lamar Jackson is a great comparison. That that was that was good. I'm surprised no one said that. Yeah, me too. Are you surprised I got Oh, sorry Seth. I can't have an original thought that's smart <laughs> and good. Oh, oh, I'm just out, I'm just here to regurgitate other people's smart takes. Thanks, Seth. Uh let, let everybody be reminded, and this is why he has a legitimate Hall of Fame case, in my opinion. In nine seasons, in 69 games, look, nice. 69 games. Nice. As a Kansas City Chief in the regular season, Jamal Charles averaged 5.5 yards a carry. That's crazy. 5.5? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That That's absolutely Per touch! Insane. Was, that's insane! For 69 games. It, yeah, it's. It, I think I, I was trying to come up with a better answer for if you got to have someone have a 10-year career of, of always being healthy and everything, who would you choose? My, my first thought was honestly, well, can I take the next 10 years of Mahomes and just make sure, like, just lock that one in? But if yeah. if it's someone that we've seen play and, and seen their career end, I think it's Jamal Charles. Um, yeah. the, the rest now, of your – or go ahead. Go, I'll say one more thing. Never forget, uh, there are three games that really jump out to me in Jamal Charles' career. Um, one was in the 2010 season where the Baltimore Ravens in that AFC wildcard game basically said, we're putting 10 men in the box. Like, even yeah. forget another wide receiver. And Jamal mm-hmm. Charles still broke that long touchdown run, the only touchdown in the game that the Chiefs scored, which tells you, like, how great he was where, like, the entire defense is, like, centered around him. And they're like, yeah, I'm still going to I'm still gonna be – capable in a in a in a high leverage moment and then you know Matt Castle threw a lot of interceptions after that um never forget the 2013 game first year with Andy Reid where coach screen running back mm-hmm. perfection against the Oakland Raiders where they were like oh yes. they keep throwing screen passes to Jamal Charles and we can't tackle him yeah. where he scored five it's touchdowns the same play it's the yeah. same like it's the same thing guys and then um <laughs> And then tragically, I'll always remember the 2013 wildcard game against the Indianapolis Colts where things got so crazy at the end that you kind of forget that, like, Jamal Charles was the first player who was succumbed to the new concussion protocol rule where Mm. you have any sign of, like, wobbleness or, like, hey, he doesn't have all clarity or we got to, you know, what's his baseline? Like, that had become a new thing in the the league. And he was the first player that they said, no, man, like – even if you tell me you're right, we, from a health standpoint, with the legal lawsuit, we just have to take you out of the game. And that obviously had a huge effect uh, from the Chiefs sort of collapsing against the Colts. Because one would assume with a healthy Jamal Charles and the way Alex Smith played in that game, they would have ran away from Andrew Luck and the Colts. But that's one of the more tragic things is that Jamal Charles was pretty much close to his peak in 2013, and he couldn't play in the playoffs just because he had one unfortunate hit that sort of forced him out of the game because of the new... CTE concerning concussion rules that the league had put in place at that time. The, the rest of the list is kind of interesting. And again, we, we won't give every breakdown on every player, but Kareem Hunt as the second dude on this list, like that checks out. But also I, as people have, have wondered about Kareem Hunt on the, the current chiefs post suspension, obviously I, I have wondered a bit about 
effectiveness with Andy Reid versus what you are as a running back individually. And, you know, if you have follow-up mm-hmm. questions about that, your third and fourth dudes are Spencer Ware and Damian Williams. Like, so I, I do I do wonder a little bit about if you could take Kareem Hunt in a vacuum, what that performance would look like. And, and maybe we'll get a, a better answer to that over time in Cleveland. But was there any thought about that, or was it clear enough that he was the second most accomplished, highest-performing guy from that position for you? Yeah, I think it was more, uh, Josh, I think it was more about just the uh, the, the, the craziness and how productive he was in such a short amount of time. Because yeah. uh, I like to remind people that in 27 games with the Chiefs in two seasons, uh, and and he never he rarely fumbled. I think he fumbled once as a Kansas City Chief, and that was in the you know his his opening night against the New England Patriots. He never fumbled again in the Chiefs uniform, and basically he in twenty seven games he scored a I believe a total of twenty five touchdowns, uh, both running and passing. I mean it's just he would score a touchdown a game almost, and that's hard to do. Um, at that position to have the durability he had. He was obviously the league's leading rusher as a rookie. Um, so it was cut short for all the reasons that we know why. And that clearly had a, you know, sort of this butterfly effect for the rest of the 2018 season and moving forward. But when he was on the field, uh, Kareem Hunt was one of the best running backs uh, in the league when he was in a Chiefs uniform. And so we'll see what he does in Cleveland. Um, and I guess the first signs are somewhat positive. But, man, uh, he was he was arguably – um, just as good as like Larry Johnson was. Mm. It's just we don't have enough games with him in the in the Chiefs uniform because of all the reasons we know why. Fullback Anthony Sherman. Listen, Nate, as the president of the Mike Cox fan club, I'm a little bit annoyed that there wasn't even a mention here, <laughs> but I will allow well, sausage time. But well, whoa, whoa, did, whoa, did he make a Pro Bowl? Hang on. Uh, he his last season with the Chiefs was in 2010. It was that, that, that year was not a Pro Bowl. I will not comment on what he did before that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I have one thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, uh, you're, the go running ahead. backs. Hey, Jesus, take the wheel. You got you to you gotta swap in Thomas Jones somewhere there. Oh. And I understand that he wasn't very good. Oh. But I would throw in Thomas Jones as your backup because he's a guy you could throw in there. In 2010, before the wheels completely fell off. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, then I would I would take him. That's just a side note. Just a yeah. side note. I I've, I've ducked in. Now I'll duck back out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't open. I'm sorry I didn't I didn't ask if there were any objections. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and, and I can see this. Like, I can see us being the only podcast that somehow takes this 3 hours. Is my concern now. <laughs> David Oh yeah, that's my bad. No, no. I mean, it's it's my it's mine. It's my bad. Yeah. It's clearly my bad. <laughs> Damian Williams is on the roster for two reasons. Uh, he was mild, he was wildly impressive in the postseason last year when the Chiefs got to the AFC yeah. Championship game. Again, that never happened previously in the decade where I think he's, <laughs> you know he made the Colts look silly and gained over 100 yards and he scored I believe two two or three touchdowns against the uh, against the Patriots. Um, so he's on the roster just because like he 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 was great when needed most in the playoffs and he was good on special teams too. And yes, if you're looking at the All Decade team, I am considering special team snaps, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing gets by Nate on this one. <laughs> so okay, Anthony Sherman. Could great. Thomas? He's... Hey, could could Thomas Jones play special teams if we needed him to this oh, decade? Could we? Seth, Seth, <laughs> checkmate, checkmate, one hundred percent. Great. Okay, we all everybody got Anthony Sherman. Cool, cool, cool. Like, great. Yes, Javier. The Javier cool. Arenas trade worked out. Excellent. Uh, everyone just say sausage once, and everyone listening will be happy. I 
I think the tight end position is going to blow some people's minds, honestly. <laughs> Here's the list. If you haven't seen the article yet, up on The Athletic, you can read along. Travis Kelsey, Demetrius Harris, Tony Moyaki. Nate, go. Seth, prepare your arguments. <sighs> all right, all I'm, all, look, just, look, just, look at the, just look at the stats, y'all. Because obviously the eye test is a little different. But from a statistical standpoint... Um, yeah, those are the best tight ends in, in the in the franchise of this last decade. And if is that Travis because Kelsey of the on one this... touchdown that Anthony Fasano caught diving through the back of the end zone or whatever? <laughs> if he drops I mean, that on the list, yeah, uh, I, I, you mean Tony Moyaki, Josh. What? That was Tony Moyaki that caught. What that. did I say? Not Anthony. You, you said, you said Anthony, Anthony Fasano. Fasano. Damn it! I'm literally looking at Tony Moyaki's Pro Football Reference page right now. I didn't mean to blow your argument. Seth, I'm sorry. I met Tony Moyaki. I'm looking at his. I'm looking right now to figure out he played. Uh, he started 29 games for the Chiefs. Nate, what are we doing? I, uh, yeah, you, you need three tight ends, and uh, hey, at least at least Demetrius Harris can play. T- you know, he can play t- special team snaps if you needed him. He could catch a ball that was in a very tight window and then drop a ball that was well placed. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is look. <laughs> This is when this is when the research got particularly hard. <laughs> it was like, wow. Outside of Travis Kelsey, big wolf. Big, big, whew, okay. Seth, I'm sorry for accidentally mentioning Anthony Fasano before you. Uh, please, please knock Tony Moyaki off the depth chart with whatever argument you have. I would knock both Demetrius Harris and Tony Moyaki Ooh. off the depth chart. Um, and, and look... Nate's not wrong. Like the the tight end position is like the darkest timeline. Once you get past Travis Kelsey, I would and rather than Demetrius Harris and Tony Miyake as my two and three, I would have Anthony Fasano and Sean McGrath as my two and three. I would have the beard as my number three. Now he couldn't block worth a lick, <laughs> but he caught, but he caught everything, and. I assume with that beard, he's willing to play special teams. So I'd go Fasano because Fasano, I think, was a better receiver than Harris and was a yes. serviceable blocker. Yes. Uh-huh. No, Anthony Fasano is good. It's just, yeah, it's a toss-up. I mean, I'm more than willing to see that I may have packed it in at the tight end position. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the tight end. I, I I uncovered Fasano accidentally. I was like, "There's got to be someone, anyone." And then I, I came. I was like, "Oh, Fasano." You know, I didn't hate him, although the Chiefs paid him way too much money. But he could play a little. The receiver group. I, I guess you probably had a little more fun with. We already talked about Dwayne Bow a little bit, but the list is Tyree Kill, then Dwayne Bow as your two starters, then Jeremy Macklin. It, you ever you heard me? Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Albert Wilson, <laughs> Donnie Avery. Donnie Avery made the Chiefs All Decade team. <laughs> Nate, your one-two punch here is excellent. Everything after that, I start worrying about the Chiefs having an injury, even in this fictional team. Yeah. So. People will wonder, why is McCall Hartman not on this team? And I'm just going to, full disclosure, for transparency's sake, say that on a previous draft, McCall Hartman was on the team. Because he scored touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. Per- yeah. Perhaps more touchdowns than Donnie Avery has ever scored in the Chiefs uniform. <laughs> uh, my editor, Brendan Roberts, was like, hey, uh... Let's let's let the let's let the rookies let's give them some seasoning. Let's see them 
maybe next decade. So once, ah, boo. So once, so once Sorry. I was told Just taking your side here. Once I was told to <laughs> remove said rookie, um, I had to find someone, which is why McCall Harper was originally on the list. So I think Donnie Avery is the last guy to make the team. I'm dead serious when I say that. So shout out to Donnie Avery who had like a nice little cup of tea, cup of coffee with the Chiefs, then you know sprinkled in some some quality snaps with the St. Louis Rams. That's right, they were in St. Louis back in the day, and uh, and yeah, he he's made our team, and you know he's. He and Albert Wilson are special teamers. I mean, you know, put put that in the category as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Jeremy Macklin was good. Dwayne Bowe was excellent. Obviously, Tyreek Hill's the best wide receiver in Chiefs history. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sounds crazy to say, but not in a way. I mean, I know, uh, like, I know Carson. I know Taylor. Eddie Kittison was good. Tyreek Hill, the best wide receiver in the, in the, in the history of the team. Um, and, yeah, you know. Uh, as the joke I used to make, the joke I used to always say to Seth was that Chris Conley, whenever you looked at the tape, was always open. He was <laughs> always open. It was just a matter of if the quarterback wanted to throw up the ball or not. Yeah, that was that was always the joke with him. You know, I I personally, you know, the list with it, I don't have an issue with it at all. But Josh is right about the injury concerns. I man, Tyreek Hill and, and Pete Dwayne Bow. That would be a very complimentary pair of receivers. Sure would. That would look nice. Sure would. That would look nice. Now, now, like post peak Dwayne Bow, which happened real quick. Then, 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 no, that gets that gets scary. But then Tyree Kill and Jeremy Macklin, that'd be a nice complimentary set of receivers. And then post peak Macklin, which happened real quick. There's there's like a theme here with Chiefs receivers. Is Kansas City where receivers go to die? Well, it was where quarterbacks went to die, and then I think, like, Dwayne Bowe's peak went by so quickly because he wasn't exactly catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Like, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more That's of true. that. But anyway, um, I would just like to say uh, that the Steve Breston Hive will not be happy about this list. The Killer Bees! What about Jonathan? Baldwin? The Jonathan Baldwin fan club will be writing you a stern letter, Nate. This is basically just an exercise, oh. to, an excuse to say the name of obscure Chiefs pass catchers yep. from the 2010s. That's the whole game. Look, Junior Hemingway was getting some 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 much <laughs> yes some much needed consideration before the before the list was completed. We 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 had given him a call. We had, we had given Junior Hemingway a call. Uh, let's go to let's go to the offensive line where Seth can try to claim all of these uh, on his on his tax forms for next year because there's <laughs> at least one large adult son. The offensive line is Mitch Schwartz, Eric Fisher, Mitch Morse, Brian Waters. Yeah, he played in the 2010s. I was surprised. <laughs> Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, those are your starters. And then Jeff Allen, Zach Fulton, Rodney Hudson, and Brandon Albert as your backup. This honestly might be the strongest unit, which is weird to say. This is a really strong unit. This is a, this is well picked. It includes my large adult son, Mitch Morse, who you know he's gone, but you know forever my large adult son. Um, I, I I would maybe change one thing about the whole list because you got Rodney Hudson as a backup. Mm-hmm. Now we never saw Hudson play guard, but I feel as though he he'd be a he, he could yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think he could knock uh, LDT yeah. off of the guard spot as a starter. And honestly, Jeff Allen, peak Jeff Allen, was good. I think he could maybe knock LDT off too. Yeah, yeah Jeff Allen could play. He's not on the Chiefs for some reason, but he could play. Yeah, <laughs> at least you're I'm never letting it. that go. Right. A lot of this was like looking at starter snaps and like game logs and like 
trying to put everybody yeah. at the right position. Obviously, Brian Waters was starting to fade in the 2010 season, but he was, I mean, yes. he's in the ring of honor. So, like, we have to include him, in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, he's in there. Yep, for sure. Any other uh, arguments across the line? It's a very, it's a very strong group. Like Brandon Albert as your swing tackle is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we did it. The offensive line was just good. How about the defensive line? I, I know you're putting the Chiefs in a three-four for this, Nate. So you got Chris Jones and Allen Bailey as your ends, and then Dontari Poe in the middle with Derek Naughty and Mike Devito, another name that I straight up had deleted from my brain. <laughs> um, hey, but- Mike! Oh, Mike's a good dude. Uh, and yeah, and that's what this is about, Seth. It's the hey, uh, it's the Chiefs we, All Good Dudes Decade <laughs> Team. <laughs> we need. Hey, I think it's the fourth time I've said good dude. We it need. Is. We hey, you need to build a, a culture in your locker room, okay? You need a guy yes. that's going to be there consistently, both on the field, in the locker room, as a mentor, breaking down film. Mike DeVito's your man yes. for the job, and let's not yes. let's not forget his twenty. 20- I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I love you, Mike DeVito. I really, really do. But let's not forget his 2015 season, where in 13 games, five starting, hey, he had three sacks, you know, had a couple yeah, had a couple quarterback hits. You know, his uh, average value, his approximate value based on, you know, uh, pro football reference was uh, adequate. And again, this he is the the Mike DeVito category is, y'all, who had one good season with the Chiefs? Like, seriously, who had <laughs> one good season with the Chiefs? Mike DeVito actually Nate. had two, uh, 2013 and 2015 before he got Stop injured in 2014. Uh, but this Stop it. This is, Don't be a hater, Josh. Listen, 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 listen. I have absolutely, I do not want to be the guy that says, actually, Frank Clark has been amazing this year. But he should have taken Mike DeVito's spot whenever they traded for him. Like, before he had put on the jersey, before his press conference, you could have put Frank Clark on that list ahead of Mike DeVito. What are we doing? It, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, sir. It's a, it's a. Thir- I'm gonna defend my my client here against a ver- a fair point. Make it a four three. Make it a four three and put Frank. There's, Clark there's in not there. enough defensive linemen, Seth. That's the problem. There's there's, there's too many good <laughs> linebackers and the t- and part of this is like most of the most of the Chiefs in the decade actually ran a three four, so it just made more logical sense. But this all proves that like the Chiefs should pay Chris Jones whatever he wants because outside of yeah, Chris Jones, holy smokes, man, drops. Hey. There's one. There's one addition I would make, and and I feel bad because Alan Bailey had a solid career. I would keep Mike Devito on the team, Josh. You hater, and I because <laughs> ask anyone who has played with Mike Devito, and they love Mike Devito. Yeah, let like, him watch my kids. He Mike also De- wasn't a pro bowler. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, you need locker room culture. Oh, so this here's, team exists on paper. <laughs> this team exists on the internet in a podcast. <laughs> so anyway, I, I will defend. When we get to the linebackers, you'll see why you couldn't He started just 19 games over three seasons with the Chiefs. Hey, his 24th season was quite short, okay? Don't you don't I you put guess. that on Mike. Yeah, he got hurt, Josh. He got hurt. What do you want? Man, yeah. he's his, not, 20, he's his 2014 inhuman. season got cut hurt by injury, and the Chiefs never recovered. 
<laughs> Not until they drafted Mahomes. That was the problem, was the lack of Mike DeVito-ness. Anyway, the one change I would actually make, if we're going to stick with, with this 34, I do agree with Josh that you, you, you ideally find a spot for Frank Clark here somewhere. He's no, I don't, a, he's I don't know line. if that's deserved or not yet. I just... I'm just being Clark. Look, Clark can play, and and I don't think you're being you know that guy or whatever to to say Clark should be on here because he's better than a lot of these guys. But in a 34, that's a little bit tougher, especially with the guys that you have at their peaks. It's tough to knock off some of these outside linebackers at their peak, and by tough, I mean virtually impossible. impossible. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The one thing I would just say. With defensive line, I would swap out Allen Bailey as much as I, I like Allen Bailey because this group doesn't look quite as strong against the run as I'd like. And you know who I'd throw in? My original guy, Tyson Jackson. That's right. Wow. We're starting Tyson Jackson. We're wow. stopping the run. That's what? right. All you haters who are so mad at me for not caring about stopping the run, I'm putting in Tyson Jackson just to stop the run. That's Seth, right. Seth, people can hear this. Like... I've never been more worried that you might not know anything about football than to say that Tyson Jackson and Mike DeVito are on your Chiefs all-decade defensive hey, line. Hey, hey, the Jackson was a good dude, man. What are we doing? <laughs> Let's yeah, just go to the linebackers. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Unreal. Let's just go to the linebackers. All right, the linebacker. Oh, my God. The linebacker. I wanted to love Tyson Jackson, and I never did because he wasn't good. Okay, it's linebackers. <laughs> but as a 34 defensive. You know what? Fine, 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 fine. We'll just agree to disagree. We're running sub packages. We'll, we'll talk about. We're, we're running sub packages. It's fine. We'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about what five techs need to do, Josh. Let's do this. You want Alan Bailey as your five tech? Fair enough. I'll take Tyson Jackson as my five tech. And Mike DeVito sure. on this roster. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> locker, room, locker room guy. Locker room <laughs> locker guy. guy. Yeah, if I'm... Mike DeVito were on this podcast, we wouldn't be arguing right now. Yeah, because that's, he that's would true. Be making he would, because he would say, yeah, I shouldn't be on this team. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the linebackers are Derek Johnson, Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, and Anthony Hitchens. Again, in a 3-4 base with D Ford, Rameek Wilson, and Frank Zombo rounding out the roster. Frank Zombo is going to be my Mike DeVito on this list, but that's okay. <laughs> that starting group is really, really strong. Yeah, so Mike, uh, Frank Zombo's on the list just because Bob Sutton just kept playing him. And look, Frank Zombo, not not great, but not terrible. <laughs> hey, he's not going to miss his assignment. He just may be overpowered in terms of talent. Uh, Rameek Wilson had a really nice run back in the day. I can't remember the season, but it, he, he, he mattered at one point. Um, D Ford, we all know that he's a great speed rusher. We would clearly bring him on third downs with a different sub package. He would get a sack or two. Um, Anthony Hitchens, people forget, led the team in tackles last year. Like, don't mm-hmm. just don't forget that. Like, he's he's competent even in this yeah. even in this sort of like outside of Derrick Johnson, there was nobody tackling people in the middle of the field uh, on the Got Chiefs it. roster up until he was obviously you know sadly released and then Anthony Hitchens replaced him. Man. Justin Houston and Tom Bahali at the height of their powers is yeah, so scary. Good. Yep. They're they're why you can't it's tough to find a spot for Frank Clark because he's not really an outside linebacker. You know, he's he's you gotta remember Clark is built bigger than than Houston. And Houston was about as big as you want to get as an outside linebacker. And Houston and Holly at their peak, and I like Frank Clark. I think he's an excellent player. 
Holly and Houston at their peak, like Houston, obviously not, right? Because he was one of the two or three best players in the NFL at his mm-hmm. peak. Holly mm-hmm. at his peak, one of the two or three best pass rushers in the league. Like, legit terrifying. Go back and watch some of that 2013-2014 tape. He was terrifying. So I, I I get it. The only person I would add, maybe consider over Hitchens, but he was only here for a year, but I thought he was competent, is Akeem Jordan. I thought Akeem Jordan had a good year in Kansas City. But... I think Hitchens is better. I think, so you really yeah. can't. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a more a of a talent thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Hitchens is a better player overall. That's a good group, though. Except th- then it really drops off at the end. It really does. <laughs> hey, you need some, I, I, hey, I you saw Rameek Wilson. Go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. You, yeah, you, you, just, you just need hey, you need core four special teams guys. That is clearly a Dave Tobe reference. And... Wilson and Zombo will tackle anybody in the open field on, on kickoff and punt return. I, I remember liking Rameek Wilson. I also remember Frank Zombo giving me uh, heart failure. So uh, I, that's fine. I I can't say who because I think this is the free podcast, but one of these linebackers is the reason why I'm so hesitant to say with definitive, like, this is it, what defensive assignments are on a play because one of these linebackers DM'd me after I wrote an article and was really nice about it, but was like, bro, you basically threw me under the bus and you could not be more wrong. And like wrote like a paragraph that taught me more about linebacker play than I've learned anywhere else. And about the Chiefs defense under Bob Sutton. That DM was, that's what led to my lack of faith in Bob Sutton. Wow, <laughs> like, that's He good. explained to me, And I was like, dude, so you're like in a no-win situation. He's like, you know, I wouldn't put it that way, but, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. What did did Mike DeVito DM you to make you think that he was that good? Like, (laughs) Okay. Did he he just Venmo you like two grand? Is it? So are you asking me if the fact that he's an evangelical pastor like kind of affects (laughs) me a little bit? Is that what you're asking me, Josh? Because the answer is, of course, no. No, no, Seth, because if I would have known that, I would have opened with that. That would have been the start of the show. All right. And in about 45 minutes, Seth's going to defend evangelical pastor Mike DeVito for 10 straight minutes. (laughs) God. All right, let's do the cornerbacks. I I can't believe we're going to find the way to make this podcast go an hour, but we're going to have to cut ourselves short here. Let's go to the corners. The the cornerback list also. This this isn't this. I don't know. This list is interesting. So your your, your list here, Nate, is Marcus Peters and Brandon Flowers as your starters, then Brandon Carr, Sean Smith, Steven Nelson, and Charvarius Ward. I like this list a lot. And in fact, from something Seth said before I started recording, I'm guessing I might like this list more than anybody else on this show does. And I, I just want you to know that the nod for Trevorius Ford is, is obviously towards you, Josh. Um, I appreciate Mar- this. <laughs> Marcus Peters is really good at football. I yeah. know he had to be traded for other reasons than football, but yeah, Marcus Peters is really He's good. good. Um, Brendan Flowers. This list exists on the internet. Yes. Brendan Flowers was very consistent. Um, Sean Smith has some high moments. Uh, Steve Nelson, we pretty much need him for special teams and slot position because I think he was probably the best slot corner. Uh, the Chiefs have had this decade. Sorry, Kendall Fuller. Um, and when and, and that's before Steven Nelson got like the whole idea that like I have to be the outside corner. I have to make money. Do you understand that I'm yeah. in a contract year? Uh, <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> um, People are getting more inside nuggets than they thought they would. On yeah, this. yeah. Steven Nelson was like, "How much money do they make on the outside versus inside?" 
oh, I need to tell Bob I got to play outside. Hold hold up, what? And then the Pittsburgh Steelers were like, you played outside. Here's all the money. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it worked out. Take all this. It worked. This bag. Uh, Traverius Ward has just been. From where he was, undrafted, mm-hmm. with the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. yep. was not making their roster. And for Brett Veach to sort of swindle him away from the Cowboys for Parker Anger, who I don't mm-hmm. know if he's played another down in the NFL. And for Charis, for, for Traverius Ward to be the most consistent, growing, emerging, blossoming cornerback the last two years has just been... I mean, that is a low... That is just a low-risk, high-reward move that... There's nowhere else on this roster, even for an all-decade team, that is similar to it. And yeah, I mean, Josh Traverse Ward is like good, and like he came yeah. onto the he came on the team originally as a special teamer, so that also kind of weighs into my you know fake GMing mind at this point. But yeah, I mean, Traverse Ward, like if he was needed in this all-decade battle of the NFL, he could he could be competent. I mean, he told he stole a ball from DeAndre Hopkins. How many people have done mm-hmm. that in their careers? Not that many. <laughs> and yeah, I was I mean the the one thing if I was gonna just try to like be negative is that it's not great that the dude that the Chiefs traded Alex Smith for isn't on yeah. this list. Like that's yeah. rough. But yeah. Kendall Fuller's gotta get on this list. Like that yeah. like losing that spot the Trevor's word's tough, but I'm not mad at it. Like I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, and I, and then and from a games played production I'm sorry, Steven Nelson was somewhat better than Kendall Fuller last year, and unfortunately yes. in the 2019 season, Kendall Fuller has been mostly injured. Yeah. Yep. Any beef there, Seth? Um, that's all really fair. Um, I would maybe think about whether or not you can use Brandon Flowers as a slot corner. His skill set mm-hmm. would suggest it, but when they tried to do it with him, he wasn't as good. He wasn't as successful with it as he would have hoped. He was really good at his peak. Um, yeah. Carr, Smith, and Flowers were all excellent at their peak. Yes. So... On a snap-by-snap basis, depending on what type of defense you're playing, I could argue that peak Sean Smith maybe starts over Marcus Peters, depending on their defense. Because you see, like, and, and I'm defense, not going to get into all the like stuff. Is this like defense? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no, this might be a defense trying, that maybe plays man. Maybe it's a defense that plays man coverage, and you can't to, just bail on your dude trying to pick off <laughs> the ball. Now, you put Peters in an off-man zone, he is the best corner in this group. Right, Seth's trying. But to, so saying, I get it now. I understand with Mike Devito and and starting Sean Smith over Marcus Peters, you're just trying to make sure that Patrick Mahomes has a deficit that he can overcome. I get it. I understand. You want to have fun. I get it. I, if if you're playing press man, Carr and Smith are going to be more consistent. If you're playing off man zone, Peters is going to pick off like twelve passes. So it just depends. I'm just saying. Uh, this is more me standing for Sean Smith. At his Do you peak, like interceptions or not? Awesome. I don't know. I just think we should look at both sides of this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like interceptions. I don't like when players are like, I'm supposed to cover this dude, but I think he really might throw that ball to that other dude. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over there. Oh no, there goes the ball. And that that that, that happens. It does, so, and, and sometimes the defense th- scores points, which I forgot what that was like until I watched the Ravens do. this year. Why do you hate? Why do you hate peak Sean Smith? Josh, I actually love I Sean Smith. I thought I was going to be the one defending Sean Smith, and then you did something wild with it. So I can't. <laughs> I'm I can't wild this morning. There. I don't know what to tell you. All right, fine, fine, fair enough. Safeties: Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew are the starters. Ron Parker, Hussein Abdullah, Dan Sorensen, and Kendrick Lewis round out the depth chart. This is, I would say, this is a strong four. Yeah. 
And and, and Eric Berry and uh, Tyron Matthew just give you so much flexibility on the back end to do so many other things creatively. Um, that's why those guys are the starters. Um, Ron Parker was consistent. And by the way, Ron Parker's secret, like Robin to Eric Berry's Batman. Like he never played yeah. great. Except yep. when he only played with Eric Berry, I I would love yep. to ask Ron that in like a real honest discussion. Like, dude, I looked at your game laws. I looked at your career before Eric Berry, post Eric Berry. What, what what happened? Like, was Eric Berry just like the secret that unlocked you in the Bob Sutton defense? It it apparently was. I say now, Dula had a great. I mean, just a great season um, in 2014. Yeah. Everybody remembers his interception and touchdown return against Tom Brady in that primetime uh, ESPN Monday Night Football game. Daniel Sorensen is on this list because he had an excellent game in the AFC Championship game last year. It gets forgotten. He had an interception. He had a stone-cold stop on fourth and one that gave the Chiefs a chance in the second half. And he was a better – like, this This is hard for me to say. But in terms of who actually defended well in open space, he was better than Eric Berry. And that's sad. Yeah. That's that's really sad. That, that free safety spot. Yeah, yep. and Kendrick Lewis – um, he starts the decade off as the best safety before Eric Berry gets drafted. So that's why he kind of – that's a nod to, hey, Kendrick, I, I didn't forget you, dog. Um, your pro football reference needs to be honored. Um, Juan Thornhill was also on this team originally, but I think Abdullah's excellent 2014 season and a full season sort of uh, pushes Juan Thornhill off the list just because we haven't seen him for a full year just yet. Seth, any gripes? No gripes at all. Um, Ron Parker, as a, as a pure free safety at his peak, was really, really good. And an unsung hero on the Chiefs defense because you didn't notice the passing lanes he was cutting off. Because at his peak, he was very fast and did a really great job with that. And also Hussein Abdullah, man, they have they have been trying to replace that dude since he left. Yeah. Like in terms of like a Swiss Army knife who could do everything. Like an Eric Berry Light. Except... I think he was maybe better as like a free safety. And so I really liked his skill set. I wish he'd been around longer. Yep. Uh, you don't want to like fight for Eric Murray to make this list or something else wild? No, let's let's not do that. <laughs> the you know specialists who are Harrison Butker, Dustin Colquitt, and James Winchester. End of podcast. I just want people to know this was before the Tennessee Titans debacle. I, I, they, they, yeah. they, were, they, they were on the team before that whole Poor calamity James. occurred. Everybody good? We're all good, right? We're good. The podcast is over. Yeah, that's this. This is a fair group of people. Yeah, yeah. We can end the podcast. All right. I mean, like, some, like again, Cairo Santos, uh, love anywhere? No, it's Butker. It's Butker and it's Colquitt. And it's Winchester. That's good. Jack Fox isn't making the list. Sorry, Jack Fox. You had a nice training camp, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> honestly, I don't know how to evaluate punters in training camp. So if you want to read uh, all the extra analysis and, and see this in written form, it's up on The Athletic right now. And if this is your first time hearing Time's Ours, make sure you subscribe. Uh, it's like this every week. We got episodes Mondays and Fridays. Monday episodes are always free. Friday episodes are uh, for subscribers to The Athletic. So subscribe to The Athletic. You can see all of our written content. You can get our, our Friday episodes but if you're still not sure, you can check out uh, the episodes every Monday that we put out for the masses. Also, if you're new to the show, you might not know that I've hosted radio shows and I have a sign-off. And Seth has hosted his own podcast and he has a sign-off. And so whenever we started Times Ours, we decided, hey, Nate, you have to figure out how to end the podcast every week. Josh so, decided. <laughs> that's fair, actually. That's fine. That's fair. I didn't, I didn't think that I could allow the guy who loves Mike DeVito this much to actually have significant input on the future of the show. 
So Nate, Nate, figure out how to how to turn off this decade. <laughs> uh, it's pretty simple. Andy Reid is the common denominator for all of these dudes. And did you know of the list that we just discussed for an hour? I know it's cr- crazy. I didn't expect that either. That of the fifty-three men that we put on this silly made-up roster, um, fifty of them played under Andy Reid at some point in their career. So Andy Reid, Hall of Fame. Wow. Coach. Yeah, that counts. That's good. All right, good good work, everybody. Talk to you next decade. <laughs>